0: Welcome to A Whole Lot of Wolves, episode three of season three. We're your hosts. I'm Joshua Buckley. I'm Paul LePage. And we've got Alex Patakis up in New York. How's it going, Alex?
1: Doing well. Don't worry. As you're talking, I'll be refreshing Twitter uh, nonstop. So <laughs> I'll, I'll drop in with some breaking news if we've got anything further.
0: This is why we pay you the big bucks to be the big time producer, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And our special guest tonight from Boca Raton, Florida, Teddy Ely. Teddy, how's it going?
2: Hey, I'm doing pretty good, guys. How are you all?
0: Not too bad. Not too bad. So the tone of this podcast has likely changed in the last few hours. Um, We will get into the big news that happened today. We were filming this on, on uh, Monday night. We will get into that. We still do have to talk about the game, though. That is part of the podcast. So, bear with them. We're going to talk about the nil-nil draw against Fulham, and then we'll get into the, um, you know, pain to Watch that's going on right now. So, nil-nil against Fulham. I saw a lot of po- – I saw probably more positives than negatives. Uh, how about you, Paul? What were your feelings besides just being disappointed to only get a point off of
3: a team like Fulham? If I did lay down all those positives and negatives, then it would probably be 60-40 in favour that there were more positives than negatives to take away. I just felt that if we'd have gone out the traps and got that early goal like we should have done, they were there for the taking really at that point that that we were looking good we were looking bright early we were looking penetrative and i think it was an opportunity we, we could have gone on and and really turned them over i just felt we started off well that first half and then it kind of petered out a little bit i don't know what really changed it there wasn't that spark or invention so much in the second half and it did at that point have a certain air of inevitability about it that we might drop more than two points and, and suffer a loss. So it was really thanks to um thanks to Jose Sarr for for that penalty save, really. But we we didn't really pressure their keeper as much as I would have liked, given that we're the home team. Again, it was one of those matches for me that None of the front four really stood out in that they they could have been contenders for Man of the Match. There there were some bright spots. I think Gibbs-White probably had the best chance to win the game in the second half. And it seemed to me like he checked his run for whatever reason, where if it had just carried on, he would have had a tap in. But as Aitner had progressed towards the byline, all he was going to do was cut it back. So I don't think he had that major worry of potentially being offside. It, it seemed to me like he stopped a little and that's what caused him not to be in position to, to put it away with an easy tap in. But for for the start of the season and, and all of that, um, I'm a little disappointed we didn't get a win. I, I thought that would have steadied the nerves a little bit and straightened the course, but on the whole, we, we take a point and we, we, we move on to the next one. How about
0: you, Teddy? What were your thoughts overall?
2: Um, Pretty opposite to you guys I actually came out feeling pretty, pretty negative um, about that performance. I mean, you know, they worked on fourth the back all, all preseason. I realized Jimenez is out, but I, I couldn't draw too many positives for that. You know, Fulham were really not, uh, not great at all, and as you said, the the fluid front four. You know, you need you need to score goals to win games. We've been seeing this now, all of us here for you know three years in the prem, and <laughs> and yeah, last year didn't happen. The year before that, and it just feels like it's gonna be another season where you just where we just don't score enough goals. And I, mean, I realized some of the play, some of the you know passages were good, but it just wasn't wasn't enough for me. I felt like I felt like Johnny really really regressed at right back eight nori obviously still making um you know dumb dumb errors and yeah the front four just there's no cohesion at all i thought yeah gibbs white you know he arguably did the best all the front four but i honestly i still didn't think he did that much neto pretty much a wide open goal on his favorite left foot and, and didn't shoot like i i'm yeah, I was pretty – you know, and then the Mitrovich penalty. I was – yeah, I came out thinking we were going to be scraped in the bottom. You know, could be in a relegation battle this season, which I wasn't happy about. But
0: I don't think uh, I've ever heard the R word
2: from you, Teddy. You just need to score goals, and it's like, where like, where are these goals coming from? Like, yeah. you know, we don't have Doherty <clears throat> chipped in with six. Like, you know, we'll get Nevis as like – five maybe and the you know up front i i don't know who's scoring you know
0: yeah yeah i think that neves one uh not the neves the Neto one um in particular was tough just because it was close to as open a goal as you can really get <laughs> in this league yeah. and it was almost like he just took that extra touch and it didn't work and,
2: and on his know, left foot like yeah yeah
0: and den donker was a little late so I I'll say I shit on Dendonker Donker constantly. All right. I thought he was one of the best players for wolves on the pitch. Um, Saturday. I thought he actually was doing really good defensively because it seemed like Fulham was trying to attack in the middle, um, a lot. And he was doing a good job of bodying people off and everything. So I gotta give credit where credit's due. Dendonker Donker did well. Um, but as Teddy mentioned the back four on on the backs, on the outside, not looking so hot. Um, Paul, do you think this is just part of the transition moving from them playing wing back to left and right back, or is this a bigger issue?
3: I think it's a little to do with the transition, and I think it's a little to do with Samedo being absent. I think bring Samedo back in at right back and put Johnny over on his, the left, where he's always looked more familiar, I think that could be... Uh, all the difference really that may be sacrificing out Nuri but if he's out of form and making those mistakes then maybe that's justified and then that gives me a little bit more confidence that there is that solidity in the bat line that you've got two dedicated fullbacks playing in their preferred position and then I think it really is a case for the the formation then to kick in and prove its worth further up the field potentially with those fallbacks adding adding the width that we're going to need. I'm interested to see how it develops towards the close of the the transfer window. Um, Potential new arrivals, Jimenez coming back to fitness. Do we go away from the 4-2-3-1 to a more 4-3-3, which again would would place greater emphasis on the on the, the fallbacks to add the width. To have those midfielders dropping in Neves to, to effectively take that third centre back spot when we're attacking. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Something needs to something needs to trigger with this team. Uh, if it's the formation as it is now or if it's the formation if it changes to a 4-3-3. I really think the absence of that central striker is is critical because those those players playing off him would do a lot more damage i think if there's that focal point and moves could start with the ball heading into him first and then the play can develop around him it just what gets me with with this team and like Fulham's penalty on saturday it's uh, and our team never seemed to be in those types of spots. We never seem to have the opportunity to attack a defender or put them under pressure in the box where it matters. I, I generally can't remember the last time we got That's a penalty a like that. Probably out in last season, Craig. I can't even remember when it was. That was it. That's the only time, and that only we only got that because it went to VAR. So if we've got those three or four players in the box, we, we've got to be causing more trouble either with getting shots off on target or drawing a foul. Teddy, in, in regards to Aitnery,
0: I'm kind of thinking it might be he's reading his own press clipping some and maybe his agent said, hey, you know, if you keep doing awesome, Man City could come for you this window. Do you think that's kind of playing into part of it? He's feeling some extra pressure as a young kid?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, again, he's just you know, maybe 21. You can see what happens with Kiana Hoever right now at PSV. Like, you know, he's getting dropped to their, their B team. You know, obviously these kids are all over social media these days. But I did have a costly error, but I feel like he's – I mean, he put in a great cross. Gibbs White should have scored. You know, he's looked the better, the attacking fullbacks. And, you know, last season we could see how he could defend. Although these first two games have been a little – little rough i think i think he played a four at the back at angers as well so i, I think he'll get over the hump actually i would i'd almost prefer him and samato on on the wings um, i agree i understand johnny said you know was has play left back more in his career but he was just getting toasted by kibano the whole time it was like a championship level winger and you know next weekend you're going to have Son and Kulisevsky coming at you. Um yeah, it just makes me a little <laughs> nervous about, <laughs> about that side. But Tomato did look good when he when he came on, so that's positive.
0: Yeah, hopefully hopefully Tomato's good. He's fit enough to uh start. Look look solid when he was out there. Paul, do you um Obviously he made the big save on the penalty, which was great. Uh, but do you think Jose Saw is kind of struggling a little bit with this transition to the back four?
3: No, I think it's just a case of getting used to a new centre-back pairing and, and playing with a uh, playing with a two in front of him. He he had flashes last at the start of last season and and settled down. Obviously, he, he cost the the penalty against Spurs in the this coming fixture but reversed at the start of last season. So I think he'll settle. Um, he looked more solid in the air and coming for crosses on Saturday than he did the prior week. So I think it's just a matter of time. We're going to be just fine.
0: Paul, this was Nathan Collins's stats against Fulham. Are you ready? 100% tackles, one. 100% ground duels, one. 93% pack at pass accuracy, 92 touches, Six of eight long balls completed, two interceptions, one clearance. How much of a steal was this kid?
3: All right. Him and, between him and Kilman are, are shaping up fantastically. I was genuinely worried at the outset of this game, even though predominantly playing up by himself, that Mitrovic was going to tear us a new one like he typically did. Um, often coming up against Cody, even though we're playing three at the back, it was a, a tussle that he often used to, come away on top of. So to effectively pocket him like they did, um, given the goals that he scored last season and, and into this one, even, I think you take a lot of credit and that's the one, again, one of the positives that you do take that it's a clean sheet and we, we it's definitely something to build on. So um, it could well be a case that he's proving to be uh, be a steal, even at this early stage.
2: Yeah, that was my biggest positive of the match as well. I thought Kilman and Collins, you know, such to a back four, obviously Kilman doesn't have, I don't think, any experience playing center back there. But I thought, I thought him and Collins made a strong pairing. And yeah, I'm sure with Cody, Cody at you know center center back, Mitrovic just was, you know, using his strength all, all over him and got the best of him. But I thought, yeah, those two. Uh, we'll see see what happens the rest of the season. But I'm definitely feeling very optimistic about, about them, which is definitely really key part of a, playing a four at the back. So that, that's great.
3: We do forget how uh, inexperienced they are as well in terms of Premier League games. I know probably Kilman's racked up a good body of work at this point and we still look at him as being a, a youngster or coming through the ranks, but he is 25, but he's starting to mature, which is great. And then you compare him with Collins, who's twenty-one, and they look like for like. So if they've got that composure, they're able to form that partnership. It's um, it, it could really take us places.
2: Yeah, you know, Sky could be the limit for them. You know, could be some tough spots this year, but those two together, yeah, you could be best best. What do we say, UK pairing? Uh, those mm-hmm. two, yeah,
0: yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. It is not out of the realm of possibility that we could be looking at two guys by the end of this season that are both worth at least 40 million pounds, maybe more. I don't, I don't, I think that's pretty fair for how they're playing right now, their age, um, you know, where they're from obviously plays into it as well with the price tag. Um, I'm super excited about Collins, man. He is, he, he was just a machine out there. And anytime you lose somebody like Cody, you, you you do worry, even though he wasn't the best defensively, you you do worry that there may be some issues in the back. And I, I don't think I have those right now between Kilman and Collins, but this weekend's going to be a good test. You know, it's going against Kane and son. So we shall see. Um, Teddy, I saw you shaking your head when I was talking about den donker. Um, so you seem to agree with what I was saying?
2: Yeah, I thought he put in a really solid performance. And, you know, we've criticized him a lot for his defensive abilities, but I felt, I know you had the stats up, Josh. I don't know what they had on Den Donker, but I felt like he was winning more tackles uh, today and kind of leading the charge forward. We You know, we know he's going to pass it sideways or backwards, kind of not, not be the impetus of an attack. But I thought, you know, I don't know if we would be playing with the, three midfielder just playing a four, two, three, one, but yeah, I was really pleased with, with his performance, um, you know, covering a lot of ground as he always does, but yeah, as he said, probably adding a little bit of crunch to his game, which just helped lead some, some fast breaks, which was nice.
0: Paul, without getting into any of the, you know, incoming transfer news that we're going to talk about later, we've seen Gibbs white now two premier league games uh, this season Thoughts: Is he a keeper, or should we be putting him on the market?
3: Good question. For me, it's about value and maximizing that value. And is he at that point in his Wolves career that we're not going to get any more from him than than we will in the future? I'm really torn on on the body of 180 minutes. I'm thinking he's probably not down to be a starter, but having him off the bench would be huge. And what, this, what we've been missing is depth and a squad. But the issue with that is he's not going to settle for it, by all accounts, and that he wants to be in the starting 11. There's maybe a hang-up over signing the contract extension, because of playing time so i think there's some decisions to make by the end of the month definitely
0: and uh paul how'd you like uh debut
3: it showed flashes so i think that there's enough in there and and there is enough of those moments to think that we've got a, a player on our hands and potentially um there were some aspects that, to me, looked a little bit more like a Jota than an Eto, which is good. So if we can get the right balance in those forward positions, I think he'll be a shoe in to start and can contribute with some goals. How about you, Teddy? What were your thoughts on him, on Geddes?
2: Yeah, I feel like he was just trying to do a little too much and came out of a difficult part of the game where we were kind of lacking control. But, uh, you know, you've seen what he's done at Valencia. This is a proven goal score, which, again, we haven't had more, you know, someone that <laughs> scored more than 10 goals a season, which I think just Gedish, Hwang and, and Jimenez. So that's. Yeah, I'm really excited to see him him on the wing with with Neto. Then, um, yeah, going back to Gibbs White, I I'm right there with Paul. I'm, I'm torn, you know. I'd love seeing someone from the academy be a be a first team starter. You know, it's great for all the young kids li- living around there. But it's you know, if the if the quoted thirty to forty million pounds is anywhere in that range, is accurate on uh, a player who as you know hasn't done in the prem. That's Really tough to to pass, and you know that that is part of the role of an academy too, is to, to fund you know new new incoming signings. Um, I, I, right now I think I would do it if if in fact we need, do need to sell to buy players. I think you know he has the most value out of anyone there, and uh, yeah, that's that's a really tough decision though. So we'll see see what happens in two more weeks.
0: Alex, do you think we've given the listeners uh, enough blue balls? So then we need Ooh. to talk about the real
1: news. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Let's let's brighten it up a little bit.
0: Uh, so uh, when it came out earlier for, for us in the morning in U.S. time, uh, you know, I always like to look at Talking Wolves uh, on Twitter because they do a great job as far as just bringing in they're compiling news that they're getting everywhere. They're not breaking the news. They're compiling it, which, which I think is, is needed. It keeps you from having to search everywhere on Twitter. And they said, Oh, one more meeting with Matthias Nunes. And I was like, Oh, the first comment I saw in there, which I thought was great was this guy's going to put a restraining order on us. (laughs) which seemed about right. I mean, I don't know how often he can be put in the friend zone, but then it started coming out. Oh, Okay, there's a deal with Sporting, which I wasn't really worried about. Okay, yeah, big deal. Um, it's big money. Um, they're saying 45 million euros plus 5 million add-on. That's a lot of money, but I wasn't concerned on that part of the deal. But now, more and more people coming out, including big hitters, Percy, Liam Keane, uh, Fabrizio, they're all saying it looks good. They just have to convince him. Um, and now there's the report that Matthias Nunes... Is flying into Wolverhampton tomorrow for medical. Uh, Paul, I, I feel like you're going to be great for this because I'm a, I'm a later Wolves follower, so um, I started following that last season the championship. So I didn't really understand the importance of Neves when he signed with the club. I feel like this is a very similar type deal. But you're just glowing right now, Paul. <laughs>
3: It's like that, it it feels uh, a little too good to be true that it's the old adage of until he's holding the shirt of I don't believe it, but it seems enough forward momentum to, to know that it's happening. And it to, to me, if if there's been one player of this generation, of this iteration of the Wolves to encompass the project, it's been Neves. This guy potentially takes it up a notch. So add those two together, if everything sticks and, and we progress, then it could be a, a real defining moment in, in where this team goes. So I'm, I'm over the moon. I'm, I've got the excitement that I've got back from when we first got promoted and we signed the likes of Moutinho and Patricio that no one thought we would. And Raul came in and up pops Trollery. Yeah. Uh, Towards the end of the transfer window, it's got all of those vibes for me. I haven't been excited as I have been since that point. So if these stars are aligning and it's all coming together, then we could be in for an exciting ride.
2: Teddy, do you believe it yet? Or are you
0: also uh, with us? Yeah,
2: I mean the only thing is it says personal terms haven't been agreed, which I think was the hold up the whole entire time as it looked like wolves were willing to pay it, but you know, with wow and Jorge Mendes in attendance definitely you know you could feel something was possibly coming and I feel like this kind of checks all checks all the boxes so I'm not gonna you know sing the praises yet till she said he signed the shirt but it definitely looks very promising now so
3: I don't think Gow or uh, Uncle George came to uh wolfhampton for a romantic weekend with their significant other so there was yeah. definite there was definitely parts moving over the weekend that's for sure
0: and so now we we look at it if this is the reported fee uh you know 37 million pounds plus add-ons that seems to me like a great price um do you think this is definitely feels more worthy, Paul, of someone to be the most expensive Wolves transfer in the history type player
3: over Fabio? Definitely, I think it's um, it it's showing a a caliber of player that we are we, we're trying to get to. Obviously, we're not going to be in the the realms of the. 50 plus million players yet but it's a definite profile fit that it's in and around the 35, 40, 45 mark that's probably our level so it's definitely a profile of player that they're seeing it also as an investment. If he comes in and tears it up this season you've already got Pep at Man City talking him up after coming up against him previously they could be looking that that's an instant 20 or 30 million pound profit after one good season so it, it's just stacked up to be in our favor I'm sure it is
0: yeah and and I'm interested by that as well because Pep Pep apparently loves the guy um Teddy are you surprised the bigger club because it seemed like that's really been the holdup. as Nunes has been waiting for one of those big six big time clubs to come in are you really surprised that they didn't
2: yeah, especially, you know, if you see Liverpool today, they're starting with Harvey Elliott and a thirty six year old James Milner. I feel like he's he has the tenacity and running to fit pretty well in that system. you know, Man City as well, even with Bernardo Silva on the possibly on the way out, like you know, could could be too big of a step up for him, not guaranteed playing time. But he yeah, I'm kinda of surprised no one no one else is Look, at you know, other than West Ham, (laughs) of course. Yeah,
3: I I genuinely think this is all part of the the Game of Thrones of the Mendes Carousel. That everything had to stack up in a certain way in order for us to get him. Likewise, everything had to stack up in a certain way for Neves to leave. And as it stands, that hasn't happened yet. We're seeing the benefits of it. On the opposite side, we're bringing Nunes in. Would we have been able to sign him without Mendes? I highly doubt it. No,
0: no way, no way. Um. So now the question is, somebody's got to be going out, right? Paul, is it no. Neves? Is it Morgan games White? Are you saying nope?
3: They're all staying. Nope. Yeah, all staying. It's a uh, wow. it's an influx of funds from from somewhere, either Fosun or new investment. There's a there's a distinct shift in strategy. Um, what that's come down to, I've got no idea, but I'm riding that wave, baby.
2: I mean, Paul, say say Nunes would have gone earlier in the window. You think, you think they had the money earlier in the window too?
3: I do. I I think there's I, th- I I've got no basis for this reading between the lines, seeing some off the cuff stuff on on the internet in forums and the like, something something significant has happened. And it's it's not just this particular signing for me that um, with Collins coming in, that, that was relatively early uh, for us certainly. And, and that came with a significant investment with no major outgoing. Then we had got Geddes, the same and all of the talk around everyone else has gone away, so I, I think we're under some some new direction at the moment financially. Alex, do you feel like Paul
0: is becoming an ITK?
1: I think so. I, I think this is the <laughs> second or third time we've we've gotten some. A very vague description of you know things on the forums <laughs> in the internet. Like what's really going on over there? I'm, I'm um, just
3: one sad guy that spends way too much looking at internet forums and believing everything that I read.
1: So, yeah.
3: yeah, Well, I, I want to when
1: you when you read this, you want to definitely believe it. But I would also j- just quickly add. I mean, it, they also went a lot of years without spending actual money, right? Like every incoming true. was with an outgoing. So this is the kind of thing. I, I don't know. I almost wonder, like, is it worth the pain of just some summers of disappointment to have one summer where you actually end up kind of elevating your squad beyond a the level they've really been at since they came back up. Like we talked about it last week, but Cody going out, moving to a back four, if you get Nunez as part of that, you know, hall, and it really feels like the focal point of you transitioning your squad entirely, they kind of take that next level. Um, mm-hmm. that, you know, me as a Wolves fan, I've never even seen, you know, because I, like you, Josh, started following them th- at the end of their championship run when yeah. everybody said, watch the championship and you'll find your club. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is foreign territory for me as a Wolves fan. So I'm I'm kind of thinking, like, I'll sign up for two to three crappy summers for a summer like this. If <laughs> tomorrow morning I wake up and I go on Instagram and Twitter and you see, like, an announcement <laughs> video. I-, I think I'd rather have one of these a summer. Like, what of- is... <laughs>
0: I think it's awesome seeing them all come together right now. But you know, if we could have had
3: Getas last summer, I
0: also would have been okay if we we're only getting college in this.
3: <laughs> I still think he's got a little work to do, but I think it was last summer's uh, ask balls, whatever they're called, at the round table one. And Jeff Shee did say that money's there for the right player, so. <laughs> I, I, has that been the case that've they've, they've passed they've passed they, they've been in for some players of, of a higher profile, but all of a sudden the, the cards have fallen in our favor and we've got this influx now. So who knows? Um, it, it, it could be that that's been the plan all the long all the way along. It's just been a, a particular strategy that they've they've had to stick to. And and now we're we reaping the rewards. Teddy, I kind of feel got a feeling
0: Nunez is a uh, two-year type player, and then we're going to sell him for Jack Grealish money. Maybe not that much. Maybe not that much. But I think <laughs> we're going to sell him for I, – I think this could be a guy who you double your investment after two years, so we probably shouldn't get too comfortable watching him. The, don't make him your favorite player is what I'm saying. Do you kind of feel that same
2: way? And shouldn't get a jersey, yeah. His yeah. name on the back of my jersey this year. Um, yeah. I mean, definitely. You know, he seems like he he wants to go to the top, and you know, kind of has that that attitude. Uh, only thing I'll say is, I mean, I feel like Wolves held on to some players for too almost too long. You would, you would argue where their value starts to decrease. Um, mm-hmm. but again, it kind of seems like this guy wants to wants to go to the top. Um, and I don't think we'd hold him back if a suitable offer does come in and he does perform to the standards we think he's capable of. So
3: yeah. You ask about Neves's arrival and that was exactly what was said then. But yeah, he's he's coming exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah. He'll do two two or three years maybe if we're looking, he'll be on Tapashi's new having uh adjusted to the league and 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 kicked on it's a it's a stepping stone for his career and Similarly, a, a little different but Mutino as well that he's coming in for the swan song of his career and, and look at him contract extension uh, another year now apparently loves Wolverhampton family man very settled and, and happy to do that so who knows it, it could be a, a fleeting romance it could be a, a long term commitment.
2: Yeah, I mean, where would you rather be, London or Wolverhampton? Don't ask Paul that. Yeah. <laughs> Paul? <laughs>
0: Paul, I know your your um, your policy for kits is you prefer it to be uh, four letters or less and only one digit. Um, if Nunes comes in with six, I mean, that's a no brainer for you, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you've convinced <laughs> me it'll be the new away jersey with new Essex on the back.
0: There you go. What if it's double digits? Are you still going to pony up that extra money for the extra number? I think so. Yeah. Ooh,
2: it's going towards that. that new transfer kitty for the next, tra- that yeah, Paul, that's coming.
0: Right, Paul. <laughs> Paul investing. <laughs> I like One it. One
2: more pound up.
0: Yeah. Um, now, as exciting as this Nunez deal is, and I think he's going to be awesome next to Neves, I think he's going to be awesome in the system. He still doesn't solve the biggest problem that we can't score goals. Is there one move left,
3: Paul? You're an ITN yeah. now. Or, excuse um, yeah, I'm, you're an I'm, ITK. I've, I've been called worse. TWAT is often the one that's used. But I'm fully I'm fully on board the the Foset Express and that it's all down to George Mendes and we're gonna get a, a a central striker from his stable. I'm even gonna go as far to say that it will be a significant incoming that'll genuinely challenge Raul for starting.
2: Ooh. Teddy, what are your thoughts? Uh I was wondering if Paul would go as far as say it was andre silva but it didn't seem like he went that far so i'm gonna hold off there um honestly i think i'll be all right with kind of loan to buy i know he's been been talked about a bit i think you know we need a proven goal score and I, I wouldn't hate him you know as cover for for raul for a season um i don't think we need you know, that big Gonzalo Ramos or, or Andre Silva this year to be competitive. Um, yeah, but I, I still think we do need a striker to, uh, you know, be in the top half of this season.
0: I'm thinking, like, Paul, that I'd rather bring in one of those guys that can push Raul. Um, and the reason is because, you know, Fabio Silva scored again. I don't think he's coming back to Wolves. I, I really don't. I think he's going to cap off a spectacular seasoning, and Mendez is going to go. Okay, now's now it's time for him to go somewhere big, and that could be playing into having a lot of these funds this year. Is figuring they're going to be able to sell Fabio for a lot if next year comes along. Um, what do you think of that, Paul uh, or Teddy? Teddy, <laughs> Teddy, Teddy's Teddy's like, Argh. yeah,
2: there's there's no way they're planning their their future. You know, outgoings next year with with Fabio Silva scoring five goals in six games, Josh. As much as I love the Fab, <laughs> I'm sure that's not in their uh, business model right now.
3: My only thought there is that there could be a chance, given given what we're seeing, there's a big overhaul with the team formation wise, the way we set up to to play. Big big overhaul, predominantly down the spine of the team, could be the case, like. Hoover that Large just doesn't rate Fabio. And I think it could be the case that if they are lucky enough that he has this great season and they can get their money back or a little bit more, it may come down to Large saying, Yeah, I'm okay with that if he moves on.
0: Does Large have that power though? I mean, I would think Jeff She would value Fabio over Laj, right?
3: I don't don't know. And that's what's interesting to me throughout this whole turnaround of, of potential incomings, even the turnaround of, of the team and the squad that it's really starting to shape into Bruno's team. And we, we're miles away from, from what Nuno set us up with now. So it could be that they're, they're all in in Bruno and, and they're backing him, but at the same time, that turns the pressure upon him to deliver. Absolutely. So, if that's the case and, and they are talking more of a transfer committee and he, he does have a say and he does want they want these types of players, like he said, I think when it comes to Guedes that they they identified him last year. I think that they, they wanted him and these are the types of players that he wants to work with and coach. So, it 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 could be quite telling in terms of uh, leadership when it comes to all of this.
0: Paul, obviously. Yeah. We we've been pleading for Foson to please backlog. They appear to finally be doing that with that said, assuming they can bring in a striker as well. Um, who's let's just say comparable to Raul, not necessarily going to be better than him. At least can challenge him. Um, where does Lodge have to finish in the table to remain at Wolves past this season?
3: I think he's got to be uh, an improvement on last year and potentially challenging for a European spot. I think the pressure will be turned up that much.
2: I would say style plays almost. As important as league position, you know, again, you go by expected goals, conceded, whatnot. Last year, we were, you know, should have been 16th, 17th place, I think. Yeah, if we, you know, start seeing positive football, a new four at the back formation, you know, I don't want to say Brighton. But, you know, for example, maybe not winning all the games, but, but playing well and kind of deserving more, I think. I think anything in the top twelve would be acceptable. Obviously, I think, yeah, you know, I'd prefer. I'm sure they'd prefer top top eight, but just, yeah, want to keep the expectations managed still.
0: <laughs> I think he has to finish in the single digits. I think it has to be nine or higher when you're when you're putting in that much money. I mean, that's not. Let, let, let's look at it here. I mean, they have spent, you know, what. Essentially 30 million on Geddes, 20 million on Collins, 40 million on Nunes. That's a lot of money. I agree, Paul. I, I wish Paul would stop speaking in cryptics. <laughs>
2: yeah. Typical ITK thing to do too, <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
0: That's right. Um, before we move on from Nunes to some of the other stuff, um, do you think the World Cup is also having effect on this? Because now we could be looking at a Neves Nunes um, midfield, which has to get the Portugal people excited because that could be, you know, obviously there's a lot of competition there with Paulina, with Motinho as well, with Sanchez. But do you feel like, maybe some of the team Portugal people are also pushing Nunes like, Hey, this can help you with the world cup. Cause you're going to establish this relationship with Neves out there.
2: Uh, yeah. I definitely think competing in a higher league is, is favorable for him. Yeah. I think we've seen even still Joao draw still kind of, kind of been playing there. And I, I want to say their center midfield tearing right now is Ne Is it Neves? Bernardo Silva and.
0: They just have so much depth. That's stupid.
2: Yeah, but yeah, again, obviously, not. in a higher league. I think they'd all be, you know, pretty thrilled if Nunish uh, you know, proves his worth and gets a spot. I could definitely see him. You know, if he starts well in the Premier League, uh, right now, I could, could see him starting for Portugal. He's that that good. Paul,
0: who give me some names on a striker that you'd want in? Because I'm assuming you don't want. You know, somebody just on loan. I, I have a feeling you got some guys in your head on who you'd like to see.
3: I'm I'm going for Ramos as number one primary target, loan to buy, juggle the the FFP to to make it fall in our favor. But then that's why I'm also thinking there's potential mileage in the Batshuayi, in that if for whatever reason he doesn't come off, then it's it's the likes of him who will be he'll be next up that predominantly you wouldn't think as a long-term solution but definitely enough at 28 with his experience that can come in and certainly challenge to be starting then they may look at it revisit again next summer to get that that guy in at that point but i think if um if all of those stars aligns and it's Ramos, then they could have pulled off a, an A-plus transfer window. I mean, if it's Ramos that they get,
0: uh, my mind would be blown. It would be absolutely blown. And I would want to call up all those riders that had Wolves getting relegated and just send them the double fingers. <laughs> How about you, Teddy? is that's I I I know you mentioned him earlier is that your guy that you're kind of targeting that you'd like Uh, or
2: yeah yeah again Ramos is just you know I think he's pretty young again you know obviously a little more experienced than than Silva but I just feel like having someone with experience and in the Premier League and, and again I think Fabio will come back next summer a new player I think I think we just need someone as as a stopgap for this year and I think there's no better player that really fits the bill that's available. So I'd be really pleased with, with him. Yeah.
0: I would still like Buriton Diaz. How about you, Alex? Who's your dream striker?
1: I mean, if you go by what the ITK over there on my uh, screen is saying and and Ramos (laughs) could, could be in play. I think that's the dream. Like I'm going to shoot high for a player who's not yet in his prime. And and if money is no issue, but I, I think, it feels too good to be true that he could still be on the table if we wake up, you know, the next day or two, and and the Nunes deal goes through. If that were to happen, I mean, Wolves would be having a summer that I think people thought like Newcastle was going to have with like the Saudi Arabian money coming in. Like you would, if they get Nunez, you would already make the argument that they've had a more impactful summer, and they would have spent more than Newcastle did with their investment. So. I don't know where yeah I I it almost feels like there has to be another shoot to drop with an investment coming in when you compare the the summers that they've had and if that's the case then yeah give me Ramos too <laughs> let's get them all it's be like the uh the the Miami Heat summer of uh, a <laughs> few years back no hyperbole in that or anything Nunes hey. is basically lebron
0: <laughs> <laughs> and i mean you mentioned Newcastle which is good because Newcastle is the biggest name with uh John Carlo, uh Ramos um but we can't outbid them, I wouldn't think. Um, but that's why the loan to buy, and I, I think that's a really good point. If they can make it a loan to buy, um, to spread out the um, FFP, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, I mean, just ton of moves. Like you guys were saying, we kind of saw some something was happening with Mendez at the game, with uh, you know the Posen CEO Gill at the game. And I think it's very interesting. He's been to two games now this year, and he had only been to, like, three or four all of the years prior. Um, ITK, what what do you think with that?
3: Yeah, I think it's uh, <laughs> it's funny. It just it, it makes you laugh that all of a sudden you get that first home game and there's people with uh, – Zoom lenses on the cameras focusing in on the director's box and trying to pick out these guys who could be a potential sign-in and this potential investors pictured. So it was just just a crazy, crazy weekend of, of stuff happening and rumors and conjecture and, and all of that. It was great. I bloody love it. Was
1: it the same man that was in the tree uh for for Guettis?
3: <laughs> well, uh... just so funny. But, but look how the stars aligning. We 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 play we play Burnley in a and a behind close friendly and Collins joins and then Gao goes to Portugal and all of a sudden he's at the ground on, on Saturday and there's potentially a Nunes showing up and George Mendes is there and it's all going off. So it's just a little uh it's like fantasy, fantasy going on at the moment.
2: I think COVID in China has actually been, you know, pretty tough to to get out of the country, investments definitely been limited there. So I th- I think the biggest reason he hasn't come out is is strictly COVID related. You know, he still says he watches the games, you know, at three AM or or whatever. So I, yeah, I think I think there definitely was a reason he came out this this time. Um, but I don't. I think before was more covid related than than anything just want to send no, gonna bring new it on. niche I don't, I don't think we really i don't think we really talked about them at all but i'm sure paul agrees you know the one thing we've been crying about for two two to three years now is kind of a dynamic center midfielder that can you know progress the ball by, by dribbling and it, yeah just you know nevich is an unbelievable passer but you know just Things have felt too stale at times with him. Dindonker, Motinho. and yeah, this player is exactly what is needed. Um, you know, if, if you see, we were talking about drawn fouls before. He, he ranked in, you know, top 90 percentile of drawn fouls, top 90 percentile of, you know, progressing with dribbles, can still pass. You've seen his shooting like this. I'm so excited to finally what watch, watch the game this this weekend if, if he plays like this yeah he's, he's going to be incredible i think and completely change the style of play so
3: there was a, there's uh-huh. a great um twitter follow uh fil- follower who does a lot of analytics work and analysis and that's Dan Butler and he put together a recruitment plan over the summer about key positions and where we could fill and Nunes was number one for that midfield position, but he writes it in a way that there was never any chance that we would get him. His, his stats are what he drilled down on were all in the top percentile. On, on the face of it, you wouldn't even dream that we'd be in contention. And he, just to, to quote what he says, it says, um, a Champions League level ball carrier in central areas who... By rights, we should have absolutely no shot at signing. It would be a totally unique profile in this Wolf squad and a ceiling raiser. So I think we've got one heck of a player on our hands. I really do.
2: Yeah. You know, I could just see, you know, a team like Brentford over the weekend. You saw them crush Man United with their with their pressing. You know, you could just see Nunes, you know, getting the ball, doing a quick turn and then, you know, taking five players out of the, out of the way and kind of leading the counterattack. I'm sure. We're gonna be seeing that a bunch, and I'm just, yeah. that's said, I don't know if I could have survived another season playing the way we have the past the past couple. So I'm just over the moon about about this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Teddy. We're already having to deal with uh, the Cubs crap seasons the last few years. So we didn't yeah. want to doing it here too. And the Bears, but <laughs> and don't, the Bears. don't even need to talk about that. <laughs> um. Paul you you've been around Wolverhampton you've been around the area do you think Wolves are going to try and lock it down to limit the tree videos or are they going to play into it and just let let it let it run
3: Yeah I think they're going to be uh unlocked down as much as possible for this one so
0: that's a shame. I was looking forward oh, to more. Warning
2: to all the teens out there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going to be the
0: paparazzi hiding in the trees. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> the the, the um, private jet tracking and everything like that. What what car are they driving? Where's the blacked out windows? Uh, who's showing up at a Bentley in Molyneux? And which private jet's coming in to land at the local village airport near Wolfhampton?
0: You know, you see that a lot in college football with uh, people tracking private jets as a coach is coming in. Uh, Nick Saban was a good one. Uh, I I mean, Paul, do you think maybe some people are going to try and do that and be waiting at the tarmac for him? Or is that yeah. just a
3: U.S. thing? I, I think, yeah, it's a, probably more of a U.S. thing and a little crazy. Uh, yeah, usually crazy, crazily reserved for those foreign teams. So, okay. yeah, not really yeah. not really the new Wolverhampton.
0: So Paul just confirmed that American fans are more fanatical than the English fans. Gotcha.
3: Mm, possibly.
0: <laughs> um, one guy that I would have hoped, uh, you know, they'd be able to get a lot of value for to kind of fund a lot of these transfers is Kiana Hoover, um, but he already is in the doghouse over at PSV. Um, he's not even on the squad. He's been dropped from the latest uh, latest squad. Teddy, I mean. Are we even going to
2: get any kind of investment
0: back for this kid? What's the deal?
2: I was uh, – I really did like to transfer a few years back. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it goes to show how important your your attitude is and, you know, why a bunch of these Portuguese uh, guys have fit in so well. You know, they're all – like they're all down-to-earth family players. I, I don't know about Noonish, but everyone else that they've signed and – yeah, it just seems like Hoever, sim, similar to Gibbs, White, are kind of this different breed. And, you know, you see it in all sports, but, it's, yeah, it's kind of just not talked about how important, you know, your mindset is and trying to trying to get better every day. And, you know, Bruno literally called him out last year saying this, you know, he doesn't want to get better, essentially. And, uh, yeah, it definitely makes me nervous. You know, I mean, I guess it's a sunk cost. <laughs> you know, I already spent $9 million, Um. I think he could be a good center back but I don't know if he's going to do what's best for his career so right now think, it's not looking good but yeah. you don't know what happens he's still young so
0: I think I think he's another Catrone just going to try and send him out on a few loans hope it sticks somewhere and then try and get some money back although with Catrone I don't even know is is Catrone even still at training Paul
3: yeah yeah, but I think so. But they've—I don't think first-team training. Yeah, Definitely. not issued him a squad number or anything. So,
2: oof,
0: how the
3: mighty have
2: fallen. Yeah, waiting so... for the Serie B team that picks him up. Uh, I wonder what's going to be this time. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul,
0: um your odds that this Nunez deal is going through—are you saying one hundred percent, ninety-nine percent?
3: Yeah, ninety percent done.
0: Okay, Teddy, same thing. Alex, yeah, same I'm thing.
2: ninety. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna blame Paul if it doesn't happen. <laughs>
2: Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs>
0: Joining us now to preview Saturday's showdown between Spurs and Wolves is Andrew Setka from the Tottenham Depot podcast. Thanks
4: for joining us, Andrew. Oh, that's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
3: Hey, first up, Andrew, after the end of the game on Sunday, it's what everybody's talking about the main event. Who's going to win in an arm wrestle between Thomas Tuchel and Antonio Conte?
4: Oh, that's a good question. I think if it's an unexpected arm wrestle, which I think is it would be uh, Antonio Conte's perspective, I would give uh, Tuchel the edge. But you know, if Conte is maybe ready for, for, for the pullback and and ready for the arm grab, I, I, I like Conte's chances. Uh, no, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the course of, of, uh, leading up to the game on whether or not, um, any kind of band gets turned over or anything else. But, uh, it was certainly, you know, it was certainly an awkward, uh, encounter that the two of them had a couple of them really throughout the match. It was, obviously anytime Spurs and Chelsea hook up, it is, uh, you know, there's just a lot of tension there between those two clubs and, and especially between the two, uh, groups of supporters. And, um, obviously as a Spurs fan, I'm really, really pleased with the way that the match went in, in terms of, you know, Spurs being able to go there and get a draw despite playing about as bad as they possibly can. Um, and, and trust me, all Spurs fans know that, you know, it is not something uh, that, that they take lately, that, that they got away with that one. Um, so they're, they're, they're coming in off a really bad performance, but a good result for as bad as the performance was. And, um, you know, we'll have to just see whether or not Antonio Conte uh, tries to get in any arm, arm wrestling matches uh, going forward.
3: So just before we started recording this segment, we were chatting a little bit ab- about uh, transfers in the summer and how the squads kicked on do you consider yourselves title contenders now for this season? If not, where do you think you may fall short?
4: This is probably the most divisive question among Spurs supporters that, that you will find this season, because there are legitimately some people who think, yeah, we're, we're right at that level. We we're, you know, just maybe a half notch below Liverpool and Manchester city. Um, and obviously, you know, Chelsea would be that other team kind of in that mix, but, um, I think the majority of of Spurs fans, if you gave them truth serum, would say that they're still another step away. And I don't know that there's anything specific that would be needed to get them that extra half step. I think it's really what would be required for it to happen is, is a slip-up of some kind from, from Liverpool and Manchester City. And I think that's what what leads me to believe that it's not going to happen. You would need it to happen from both of them. Maybe you could rely on one of them, not having the season that you would expect from them, but for it to have to come from both of them. um, I think that's where, you know, the truth serum for me would say, no, they're probably not genuine title contenders, but you know, crazier things have happened. And and if they can, you know, pile on the points again in the matches that they're supposed to, you know, perform well in, um, as opposed to, and then they've always had no, really no problem in competing with the likes of city and Liverpool. You know, they did the double over city last year, despite them being champions. Um, I think that that's where the gap really should be closed. It's, it's, it's beating teams like Southampton and, you know, in past years, Burnley, where they've, they've had hiccups in the past Spurs have. So if if they can, you know, Mark down three points in those matches that they're supposed to 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 win against bottom of the table type of teams and not have those slip ups or drop two points here and there. Um, that's where the gap could be closed. But uh, no, honestly, it like I said, truth serum in my arm. No, I don't think they're they're title contenders. I think they're definitely top in the top four solidly and can maybe compete for a trophy finally, which is something that we've been hoping for as Spurs fans for quite some time. But um, I still think they're at least a half step away from the Premier League.
0: Are you guys uh, going to break my heart and try and get Adama Traore from us?
4: <laughs> you know, I think we spoke like a a year ago, and I definitely thought that was on. I thought it was happening. Um, Now, n- not so much. And and honestly, and this is no offense to Adama Triore or you guys, but I- I'm relieved because I did not want to see him come in and, and try and play wing back for us. Um, we tried him playing, it and it
0: doesn't work. Yeah, we tried yeah, it. Yeah, exactly.
4: Exactly, and that's kind of, that was kind of my thought as well because that was definitely where they were going to stick him. Um, no, Spurs signed Jed Spence uh, from Middlesbrough. He was, he was on loan at Nottingham Forest uh, last season, um, and he's not really going to be – I mean, he's going to be a guy who plays in some of the cup competitions here and there and, and a rotational piece for us this year, um, but he's a guy kind of one for the future that they're looking at, um, and then they, they already have two options on the right, and really there's been kind of a renewed faith in Emerson Royale uh, who they signed last uh, before last season? Um, Antonio Conte has liked what he's seen from him thus far, and they and they also still, of course, have Matt Doherty, who you guys are familiar with, um, on the right side as well. So there are plenty of options uh, at that right wing back spot. They've kind of fortified on the left as well, uh, with you know the likes of of Ivan Perisic coming in, and, and Ryan Sessegnon has started the first two matches. But um, they're kind of now it feels like set at at those wing back positions. So I'm not sure Troy would be. One that they would be going in for at this point, if 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 Traore could play like a, a more creative midfield role, I I would have him, but I don't know that he's he's suited for that. He he seems more of a winger for me.
1: All right, Andrew, this is uh the part where I uh, ask a question that may or may not have something to do with my uh, Premier League fantasy team. Um, but uh, <laughs> where 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 do you see um Richarlison fitting in? I mean, you got like you mentioned the surplus of signings, but I mean, an attacking front of Son, Kane, and Kulisevsky, who's looked great so far. Where, where do you see him like long term? I know he's still getting worked into the squad a bit.
4: I, I got to tell you, Richarlison was a signing that even though they spent a great deal of money for him, it, it's such an important signing for Spurs because for so many years, they have not had someone to properly rotate in their front line. And now they have a fourth player similar to what Liverpool have been able to do over the past few years when they had Firmino and, and Mane and Salah. Well, they brought, they've brought in other players, Jota, who, who you guys are really familiar with. They brought in Diaz. Um, they have brought in so many different players to be able to rotate with those guys and provide them depth. And that's what Richarlison is going to be for Spurs. Now that's not to say that he's not going to start ever because he will. Um, in fact, there's a lot of people calling for him to start this week over Youngman's son against Wolves, just because Sonny has kind of gotten off to a, a, a tough start in his first two games, hasn't really made, you know, made waves like we know that he's capable. Um, but Richarlison is definitely going to be a piece. And with knowing that Spurs really do want to go after, uh, hopefully, a cup competition at the very least this season and are going to be in the Champions League here coming up in, in, in a matter of weeks, um, there's going to be a lot of games to go around. So they really wanted to have another option uh, for that front line. And the cool thing about Richarlison is you know i think he's most most comfortable probably playing out on the left when he was at everton but he's suitable in 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 the in the front of that line too kind of playing in the more traditional number 9 role and he can even play out on the right if need be as well so he's he's one of those versatile players that that i think they would be comfortable with him you know subbing in for kane son or kulusevski on any given day and honestly in the game against chelsea this past weekend when he came off the bench it really really changed things for spurs i mean he came in and provided them with not only a spark, but it was a formation change. And it, and it really threw Chelsea for a loop. And he provides energy. He provides pressing. So Richarlison's going to be, a, I think, a really important player for this club uh, this season because he gives them something that they really haven't had in many years. And that's just another option. Um, and that's kind of why Spurs fans have been so bullish on, on, on the team this season because players like him, players like Perisic coming in, on the left, um, you know, there's, there's depth at the back now. They brought in uh, Clement to, to as another center back option out of Barcelona. So there's so much depth now and ability to rotate. And Richarlison is kind of the, the big centerpiece of that project.
0: Thanks to Andrew from Tottenham Depot podcast for giving us a little rundown on Spurs for this weekend. So the kickoff is at 7.30 a.m. Eastern. Going to be a little early for us um, this week. But obviously with how exciting things are on the field, Nunes is not going to be an impact player if he comes in in time to make the squad. How do you think, Paul, we're going to line up and fix this scoring issue?
3: I was really troubled from, from what Andrew was saying because I didn't understand the words uh, depth or rotation that he was <laughs> Or scoring. About. Scoring. Was, it was totally alien and, and foreign to me. So hopefully we're seeing some change in, in those regards. But I think it's going to be a heck of a tough game. And uh, I think it would be a tremendous result if we uh, don't get beat. How about you
2: Teddy? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty positive on Spurs this year, I think. I think a whole summer under Conte. You saw you know pictures of the players literally passing out on on training. He was he was you know running them so hard. I'm, uh yeah, definitely nervous about Van Son and Harry Kane going up against going up against us, but uh, again, we've we've shocked them you know every season, I feel like. So maybe we just got an edge on them but see what happens
0: i think it's early enough in the season that it may be a little too early to pull a shocker on them i don't know that's good because we they haven't been lulled to sleep they still got the you know the adrenaline from the season starting um paul look do you think there's gonna be any changes maybe tomato coming in um adama perhaps i don't know
3: I generally can't remember Adama doing anything on Saturday, so mm-hmm. I think he's still from the bench. Uh, gredes potentially for um, uh, yeah, yeah, possibly. I'm I'm not totally sold on him down the centre, um, but I think it, it it could well be worth a try uh, if it, if we've got no change up until that point in terms of squad or incomings. Uh, I think he's potentially the one that's that's likely uh on the hook I'm just I, i'd be uh, I'd be a little worried taking that formation uh, away to Spurs though i think there's there's an opportunity that they could steamroll straight through if we're going in there with, with four attackers however their line up um, i'm not sure how they could do it but I'd rather try and solidify it with an extra midfielder and go four three three
0: um if somato is 80 percent fit do you start him knowing that he'd be going against uh on most of the game teddy
2: no i mean you saw how important he, he, i think he's maybe the most underrated player on this team you've, see, you've seen how important he is and when he went down injured at the end of last year you know every start conceding to everybody if he's yeah i just want to make sure he's a hundred percent, fit. no, you know, realistically we'll probably lose the game. No, no point of waste, you know, potentially injuring his hamstring as well, which is, you know, notorious to re-injure. You know, I, I think this guy's just very important to us this season. I don't, don't want to risk it.
0: How about you, Paul?
3: <sighs> it's a tricky one. I think you got to... uh You've potentially, got to start with your your best eleven, especially going away from home for a team of the caliber of um, of Spurs. But it, it's a big ask to come in after not playing any competitive minutes over preseason. He still probably needs to to build up that time off the bench.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, so let's let's talk scores then, um, Alex. I'll start with you. What's your score
1: prediction? Uh, one, one nil to Spurs. I, I I trust Lodge actually tactically to limit the damage. I wouldn't even be that shocked if it's funny because Cody just left, but if Bali came in and they went back to a back three for this game, um, which I wouldn't hate, you know, giving the fullbacks uh, turning them back to wingbacks and giving them mm-hmm. some help, and that would also probably ease the extra week or so of Samato not playing. So I think that it's damage limitation, but I, I still don't see goals. So I'll go 1-0 Spurs. That's a great point about the back five. Teddy.
2: Uh yeah, I think Spurs will win three, three, one. Um they just looking like a really good good team this season. So see what happens.
3: Paul? The the negative in me and the uh, the head says that it's uh, potentially gonna be a loss. But um but full of the joys of Nunes, so I'm going for that that draw. I think we're gonna get a one-all draw.
0: One all draw. Okay. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two nil Spurs. They haven't proven they can score. Yeah, you know, I think uh, they'll get a late goal. Um I do like Alex's back five though. I think I could actually see that. Um and follow-up question. Um, Alex, how many minutes does Nunes play?
1: this weekend, does he at all? Mm. Not as many as we want him to play. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) Uh, I think he'll come on for, like, the final 15, 20, uh, assuming he – I guess I should caveat that, saying, like, as long as the deal is done by end of day Tuesday or early Wednesday. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Teddy, what do you think? Yeah, I thought – you know, I would would have hoped Giddish would have played, like, started the game, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I think probably – Yeah, last 20 or so, just to get acquainted with everything's right. Paul? Uh,
3: I think it's going to be that much for a statement he's going to start.
2: That's what (laughs) I hope to see.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: man, I wish the game was at Molyneux if he was going to start. Holy cow, that would be
3: amazing. That would be awesome. I I need something to to pull me through these horrible early morning kickoffs because we've got such a bad record when it comes to it. I'm I'm not looking forward to it one little bit, so I just need something to give me some hope.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I think it's more fifteen or twenty, but you know, it itk says uh, he's going to start, so that's why I'm going with him. <laughs>
1: All right, guys, time for uh, no stupid questions here. We got a couple this week coming in uh, via Twitter. and We're already on the topic of uh, our soon-to-be record signing, so let's stick there. Let's assume uh, we wake up tomorrow, Nunesh is in town. Paul, so you catch a late flight back somehow. You're there. You've got one night. All right, and this is from uh, our buddy Danny on Twitter, of course, with uh, Baltimore Wolves. He wants to know, where are you taking him Jeff, she and George Mendes to convince him to sign for us. Maybe pretend you forgot your wallet, then put the contract under the drinks bill to see if he signs it.
3: So I'm going to take him. See, it seems I know know this part of the, uh, the area pretty well. I'm going to take him back to where my mom and dad live in Sedgley. And we're going to go for a pint of bitter in the beacon. And it's these proper old uh old glasses with, with the handle very heavy i'm gonna get Jeff she really pissed because i don't think he'll be able to 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 take the beer and i'm gonna get uh nunes a pack of pork scratchings and whisper sweet nothings in his ear and i think it'll be done and dusted and away we go
1: is uh she's level of intoxication is that what has you thinking maybe Ramos is possible because you've got something in store for him
3: <laughs> yeah possibly
1: I think-
3: um I think two half pints in these anyone's. <laughs>
1: uh, there was also some clarification on this question about what they mean by in town. And maybe he was coming to the Houston meetup a few weeks early. Uh, so Josh, what would you do oh. if you had to host that crew uh, in Houston? Oh, wow. That's a good
0: one, man. I almost want to do Brazilian steakhouse, you know, all you can eat meat. Um, Cause those are pretty nice. Having the guys come straight to you um man see this is where i'm bummed out that my favorite steakhouse the steamboat house in um houston just closed down because it had a whole bunch of like texas history it was a really cool place but yeah i'm gonna have to say a brazilian steakhouse and then um you go for go to pitch 25
1: for some nice cocktails that sounds uh that sounds delicious All right. The next one is from a friend of show Nick on Twitter at Nick Raytar. Nick, I hope I I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, he says his father-in-law himself and a couple of his friends watch all the matches each week and they all have different teams that they support. He obviously supports Wolves, his father-in-law Everton, one of his friends, Arsenal, and another friend, West Ham. They have a deal that if your team is playing one of the other teams that they support, um, You host match day for that week and provide breakfast and drinks. The home team, uh, that supporter has to host, which is kind of cool. So his no stupid question is what are some Wolverhampton appropriate dishes that he can make for breakfast, brunch, or lunch this year, depending on the time of the kickoff, good English beers that I can find at my total wine arsenal fan hosted the premier league kickoff weekend with traditional delicious bacon sandwiches. Um, He also says you guys are always welcome for any match day in Minnesota, if we ever uh, make our way there. So I feel like maybe Paul, you might be best suited to answer this one first, uh, considering you probably have a little more knowledge of the Wolverhampton delicacies (laughs) than any of us.
3: I think the, uh, the friend who got off to, to a good start with bacon sandwiches was onto a winner. Um, but it has to, it has to be a particular cut of bacon as well. So I think it's, uh, is it bat bacon? Yeah, bat bacon. That's the more one that's favoured uh, favoured in England. Um, I would say one that you could possibly put together. It's it's more of a snack food in general, but you can have it as a uh, as a breakfast dish. Would be a sausage roll, and my my wife can pull off one with a one of the variations of a Jimmy Dean sausage, and then it's in pastry so i think you could you could come up with some of those um and make that more of a more of a breakfast dish if you dip it in ketchup and you can you can do it that way um why has quite, jennifer not made this for me paul i know i think it needs <laughs> to be uh it, it could rival a scotch egg so that that would be another one that you could you could get away with as well that you can it's a little bit more tricky to make, but a, a Scotch egg could definitely come um, a, a Scotch egg could definitely come into it as far as um, more of a breakfast delicacy goes. Um, but yeah we, we kind of um, we kind of struggle in terms of our kickoff being around breakfast time because when it's in the UK it's more late afternoon into the evening so it more turns into like bre- uh, more dinner food um the trid like a a traditional match day dish if you could possibly make it into uh, a breakfast meal would be combining stuff into a pie with a crust on so if you were able to make a breakfast pie then that would be really traditional in terms of a a 3 p.m kickoff down the walls um beers that you might be able to get a, a total wine um i would probably go for um some brew dogs if you could get them there they're taking off quite a lot they're, they've they've gone pretty big in the uk in terms of their own breweries and their own pubs i think they've even opened one up in vegas or they're about mm-hmm. to so uh i'd go with some brew dogs by the
0: way paul going back to the last stupid question uh i i totally screwed the pooch it had to be colleen's barbecue that we have to take nunez right yeah when when in texas i think it's kind of yeah boring. that's like a three hour wait to get in there um so you know we'd have to be slipping some some benjamins in to to get to the front of the line there but um yes boy scotch eggs i, I since i've discovered
1: them i am i'm all about the scotch eggs so bring those on there you go well we can get into more uh lunch and dinner foods next year when the wolves are kicking off at uh 2 p.m your time in the champions league on tuesday nights hey um,
0: <laughs> i love it do you think you just volunteered jennifer for the um uh you know the october meetup here in houston that she's going to be making uh these uh...
3: It, it, yeah it could it could turn into a little bit of pop look depending on where we go so uh oh, the, the numbers are looking that huge you might have to tailgate outside before going into the the pub even so uh you yeah, know, my wife. My wife's case. Korean.
0: My wife's Korean, so she could uh, bring some kimchi in honor of uh, Hwang.
3: Yeah, so, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm running out of English dishes based on English players because I can't even count Max Kilman really. So yeah, we we Morgan have to get some white It could be the Morgan Gibbs White sausage roll.
0: Yeah, well, we we definitely have to get some Portuguese
1: food too. That's that's a must. Absolutely. All right. Uh, final, no stupid question this week. Uh, Stu from the Wolves Fancast wants to know, knowing that England in 30 degree heat, 30 degrees Celsius is the equivalent of 50 degrees in every other country. How was uncle George casually wearing a full suit on Saturday and still looking
3: so suave? I just think cause he's cool as fuck and he's got ice running <laughs> through his veins with all of that heavy negotiation that man's just a machine. He doesn't sweat. Sweat's a sign of weakness. I mean,
0: is the inside of the jacket has money sewn in? Because the money might be a cooling factor of this. I've never actually worn a suit of money, but I imagine he has plenty. So, you know, that could be something we're not considering. Also, here in Houston, it gets a lot hotter than that. We see a lot of people in full suits. So, Teddy, what are your, what are your thoughts um... about
2: that? Yeah, I think he follows the same workout routine as Ronaldo. So I think he, uh, yeah, this heat isn't actually that much for him. So
0: I mean, Ronaldo's doing a lot of running uh, away from Manchester United right now. So, yeah, that's, that's definitely a good workout.
1: <laughs> nice. I'm that's I'm it for uh, for no stupid questions for us. Again, you can always submit your questions. Anything Wolves related, match day experience, pretty much everything is a fair game. Fashion choices of super agents. Uh, hairstyles of players that we hope are in the FIFA update uh, for FIFA. 23. <laughs> you name it. Uh, just get in touch with us on Twitter at uh, WLW pod. And of course you could always shoot us an email. Uh, hello at whole lot is where you can do so. So thanks for those who did and keep them coming.
3: So before we wrap, and it was just mentioned about the big Texfest meetup in October for The West Ham game when we're at home. We talked a little last week about the uh, the agenda and the the venues that we will be frequenting over the course of that weekend that is now formalizing and we have a dedicated agenda and registration page on the Houston Wolves website. So we're already in the double digits of people that have registered to come. So they are all out of towners. So I think we we're in for a really good turnout of vote that's coming in from different parts of the country. We really hope that is you as well. So head to www.houstonwolves.com forward slash meet dash ups floor forward slash TextFest 2022. On there, you just add your contact details, which of the events that you plan to come along to. If you can do that nice and early, then it does help us a great deal in terms of scheduling and giving venues an idea of anticipated numbers. So we definitely hope to see as many of you as possible in October.
0: And I am a platinum Uber driver, so I'm willing to pick up from the airport.
1: are you going to be able to come alex i have i have a flight booked on points so that it's like flexible it all is dependent on a single work function the friday before so uh yeah we'll we'll see but I'm 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 hopeful i'm probable if this were the nfl i'd be listed as probable
0: i was gonna say (laughs) it would be a shame if uh you came down with covid before that work event
1: Which is totally plausible because everyone I know that goes to a big work event ends up coming home with COVID. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome.
3: So that brings a very exciting episode of Whole Lot of Walls this week to an end. We will be back next week to review everything what's happened with that Tottenham game early on Saturday morning. So in the meantime, Jeff, you kind of answered one of our prayers from from last week and the other way around in terms of a striker's not signing, but potentially a a midfielder has. So hopefully thanks for that. Hopefully more to come. Everyone up the wolves.